0: Welcome to Open Plaza, a podcast created by the Hispanic Theological Initiative. Each episode, we focus on a topic that matters to you, whether you're in the field, the academy, or the clergy. My name is Stephen DiTrolio Coakley, and today we bring to you a conversation between Kay Iguera-Smith and Jacqueline Hidalgo about hermeneutics in the Latinx context. For more information about today's talk, go to hdiopenplaza.org.
1: Hi, I'm Kay Higuera-Smith, and I am a professor of Religious and Biblical Studies at Azusa Pacific University.
0: And hi, I am Jacqueline Hidalgo, and I am a professor of Latina Latino Studies and Religion at Williams College, but my training is technically in the study of the New Testament. So both Uh,
1: Jackie, can I call you Jackie? (laughs) Both Jackie and I do uh, biblical studies. We both do New Testament, and we're both Latinas. And uh, we have different experiences, but we have a lot of thoughts on this topic. So our topic today is going to be hermeneutics, which is a really big word. And um, what do you think of it, Jackie?
0: Yeah, I I wanted to start by saying it's not it's also not just hermeneutics. We're going to talk about Latinx hermeneutics in particular. But it's interesting is when I teach my undergraduates about this term because it comes up in the reading and it's this big word. Uh, it has the god Hermes in its root, right? The the messenger god. They're they're all like, what is this word? it, what, what does it mean? And we work through a bunch of different perspectives on it and ultimately they're like, Oh, so it's just about like how you read something. <laughs> like what are your what are your ways of reading. What about you? How do you define or approach hermeneutics?
1: Pretty much the same. I think I mean I just mm-hmm. sort of demystify it mm-hmm. by using the word interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's really about interpretation. Mm-hmm. But I think there's two parts, right? Mm -hmm. There's the art of interpretation itself Mm -hmm. when you're kind of doing hermeneutics. And then there's also the analysis of other people who are doing hermeneutics. By using the term hermeneutics, we're giving a name to something we all do all the time. And it's not just constructing meaning when it comes to a documentary or a a cultural set of symbols and signs, or a play, or a movie, but it's also books, it's also people, it's
0: also circumstances,
1: events, all of those we're interpreting all the time.
0: An event that we might think about as an example uh, would be the 1848 uh, conquest of the northern half of Mexico that solidified in the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo and this is an event that depending on who you are and where you're coming from you read in very different ways and in the present we've really understood it a lot in relationship to the border and there's a part of the United States that really wants to build a border wall to have a firm definition of the border uh, in in the the territory that was once Mexico because they see that as solidifying the clear-cut boundary between the United States and Mexico. But for people who are of Mexican descent and whose families were based in that region from well before 1848, but also for Mexicans who have family who were based in that region or just as just as a context, there there are many people for whom that border was never that solid. There was a lot of going back and forth. It was always their home. And and the notion that there should be a clear-cut border doesn't make a lot of sense. And then if you're the indigenous people, none of these border disputes make any sense. A, a prime example is the Tohono Odom Nation, whose reservation whose sovereign territory spans what we think of as the border between the U.S. and Mexico, and asking them to build a border wall through their territory violates notions of sovereignty that are grounded in treaties they have with the United States, supposedly, and violates their very notion of how they belong in that space. And that's just an example of an event. We're not even talking about the Bible yet, but one sort of event that has ramifications in terms of this notion of a border that you see multiple people depending on their perspective dispute. And it's event that we have interpreted,
1: and we've interpreted based on a particular collective memory. And so when we think about hermeneutics as uh, the interpretation of texts and events, this is a good way for us to segue into the Bible and to think about how the Bible, too, is something that is going to be interpreted based on our collective memories.
0: And something that we will read in myriad ways.
1: Here's the problem. Most of us get told as kids growing up that, The Bible has a particular meaning that is there, and it's fixed, and it's our job to go in and try to mine that text to get the meaning, and of course, we have to leave that up to the experts. So we have experts who tell us what the Bible means. The Bible clearly means dot, 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 and a lot of us have heard that narrative. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the point you're making is that the reason scholars talk about hermeneutics, especially in the late 20th century onward, is a way of interrupting that notion that the Bible has one fixed meaning. They're trying to point to the reality that we all bring something to our encounter with the Bible. We also bring something to our encounter with the histories of other people reading the Bible. And that's a big part of, I'd say, Latinx hermeneutics in particular is also about identifying identifying the unstated things that are going on behind the scenes and naming them for ourselves and putting them out there.
1: And it's also about power Mm -hmm. because... For the most part, the interpretation of the Bible or the field of biblical hermeneutics, uh, for the last two, three hundred years, has been controlled by male European clerics. And that's not to say this is not about beating up on white male European clerics. It's a it's a particular system, structural, coded system, hierarchical system, in which. Meaning that is constructed in that frame of mind gets prioritized, gets has the power, has the social power, has the economic and political power to uh, disseminate itself as if that is the only meaning. So this is where we get this idea, the Bible clearly says. And what we know to be true intuitively, we don't need scholars to tell us this, is that we shape meaning out of our store of experiences, our even our geography, our history, our social experiences, our family experiences, whether we're a single child or or part of a big family, our economic, as well as, of course, uh, race, gender, ethnicity. So Latinidad
0: matters. Well, and I think that one of the other things that thinking with Latinidad matters in the context of thinking about biblical studies. I really appreciate what you said, Kay, when you said it's not about specifically beating up white male European diasporic clerics and their ways of reading, except for the way that they took one experience to be universal. And the godfather of Latinoax hermeneutics, if there is one, would be Fernando Sagovia. And his work on global systemic criticism is to make the point. What Segovia wants to convey, I think, is that you need a diversity of voices and perspectives, thinking together, challenging each other, reading together. And because latinoa x contexts are so, inherently diverse this sensitivity to the diversity of experiences is part of our background it is part of who we are and part of what we bring to this discussion
1: and part of how we read Mm -hmm. and how we do hermeneutics how we interpret so uh, we're being maybe too nice to white male european clerical culture because it's not that is definitely a part of it the the issue of um, you bringing other voices to the table but uh, there's also the unexamined way that that particular hermeneutic uh, contains within it all sorts of power claims. Mm-hmm. So two parts. One is the claim to universality, and the second one, I think, is that many of these interpretations underwrite and reinforce power claims. So you think of manifest destiny, uh, you think of the colonial experience, uh, and you think of the way the Bible gets used to underwrite those, those uh Ventures,
0: Yeah, and I think that that relates back to the point that you made very early on, that hermeneutics is not only about reading the Bible. It's about pointing to the power dynamics of how other people have been reading the Bible for us and identifying those, and naming them, and in hopefully naming them, challenging them, and changing them.
1: So I think that recognition of the power dynamics, for me Mm -hmm. at least, is one of the key uh, unique, if you want to use that, uh, elements of Latinx hermeneutics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly other hermeneutics of of oppressed groups or silenced groups share that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of its distinction from traditional Mm-hmm. Dominant mm-hmm. hermeneutics is the is the um, the interrogation mm-hmm. of power.
0: Yeah, no, I think absolutely, and more than that, I'd push to even say the interrogation of the coloniality of power, or okay. the way power has been constructed and manifested out of histories of colonialism.
1: So the two take homes that we can conclude with on the idea of hermeneutics in general and Latinx hermeneutics specifically are one that there are many readings in, of texts. And to assume a single reading is to silence many of those other readings that are available in the text. And two, that in looking at these various readings, we have to include an analysis of power dynamics. Because all readings are shaped by some sort of social construction. And those social constructions involve power.
0: Yeah. And in the next podcast, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about how we learned about there being diverse ways of reading across these dynamics of power and why we care about Latinx hermeneutics.
1: Thank you, Jackie. It's been a great conversation.
0: Thank you, Kay. I've really enjoyed talking to you so far. Look forward to next time.